As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we're talking hoops, but we're also celebrating Thanksgiving with some very special men in our lives. We've got a virtual family gathering. No gathering will be complete without you, Darlene. So girl, let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome into another edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt, along with my co-host, King McClure. All right, last week we had the NBA draft and free agency started at the end of that week. Still is rumbling. Nothing too super crazy has happened, King, but we're going to hit some rapid fire on Hoops News of the past week. How you feel? Mm, I'm down. Okay. Um, are you good? Otherwise, I didn't even do a welcome into the pod. How you been? Check yeah, in, all that. Like, man, right, you don't, do you even care about me as a human? Listen, <laughs> I just asked you. Answer the question now, and I asked. <laughs> Forget about King's feelings. Okay. Well, now that you asked, I am doing fantastic. I'm doing great. Good. Basketball is about to start, even though it might end pretty soon. Crossing Hopefully, our fingers. For our jobs, for the sake of our jobs. Yep. We're going to pray that it continues. But... I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Monica? I'm good. We're recording this pod on a Tuesday. My first college basketball game is actually going to be Wednesday, UMBC at Georgetown. So it's a men's game. I'm excited to check that out and see if that, as we're now inside of 24 hours of that game actually being played. Let's hope nothing changes between now and tip off at four o'clock on Wednesday, the 25th. There we go. You see how I asked you that question without even thinking about it? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Move. Are we ready to do our rapid fire now? I'm ready. Okay. Up first, uh, the, mm, my Knicks. Wow, Bruce, this is at the top of the list. The Knicks have been big, busy with their draft picks, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel. Quickly, love it or hate it, King? Hey, not a big Obi Toppin fan. What position is he going to play? He's not going to play over Julius Randle. So you can put Julius Randle at the five and Obi at the four, or Obi's going to be at the three. He's got to guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and other threes. Don't think he can do it. Hate. Wow. I happen to love it. Having had one-on-one conversations with both of these guys, I was all in on Obi. I think we act like guys don't have an opportunity to grow in the league. He's a rookie. No, he's not supposed to start over Julius Randle right now. Like, we knew that this class was not the Zion Williamson John Morant class, so nobody's asking them to be superstars right this second. Give them a couple of years. Let them get their sea legs and grow in the game. All right, moving on. Gordon Hayward, four years, 120 million, that is, from the Hornets, who also drafted LaMelo Ball with the third pick. Love it or hate it? Love. A lot of people are hating this. I love it. Reason why is when you look at Devontae Graham, you look at LaMelo Ball, look at Gordon Hayward. If he can stay injury-free, he can get back. Don't forget what he did at Utah. If he can get back to that Gordon Hayward, plus the addition of P.J. Washington, I mean, not addition, but plus P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier, scary Terry coming off the bench. I like this young team. I think Michael Jordan is headed in the right direction. Monica, love or hate? I love it because I'm never going to not support players securing their bag. The asterisk that I have it is exactly what you said. He gets this mega deal off of what he did three years ago because it certainly ain't off his performance in Boston because he ain't been healthy enough that entire time. I just want someone to have that same kind of loyalty and support for me. Even though the last time you saw me, I might not have had it popping. Just know that in the past, I've had it popping and we're working toward getting back to that. (laughs) Okay. You want to do the next one? Yeah. Lakers trade for Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, and they sign Montrez Harrell. The Lakers getting busy, Monica. Love or hate? 
You gotta love this. The dynasty looks like it's coming back to form under Rob Palinka out in La La Land. I especially loved the Schroeder move, Schroeder, excuse me, move because you just get a younger, faster, better at this point in his career, Ray John Rondo. And oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen to what I said. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. No, no, he is not better than Rajon Rondo. At this point in his career, King, yes, he is. He has more years left where he can probably go about eight. Rondo probably goes about three. What Rajon Rondo did in those playoffs last year, I don't know if Shooter would have done. Shooter, I don't I don't know if the Lakers would win a championship if they had a shooter. Okay. Playoff Rondo is fantastic, right? But in the regular season, you did not see that guy. Rajon Rondo has years under his belt in the league. He has wear and tear. Dennis Schroeder may not have done it the same way that Rajon Rondo went about it, but his basketball IQ, his shooting ability, and his ability to defend, he was runner-up to man six man of the year, King. Are you serious right now? That would have been an even swap in the playoffs. Like, I'm w- willing to say that. Even swap? I, it would have like, been even in the, in the regular season, of course, Dennis Schroeder is going to help you win more games. Playoff Rondo, like you just said, there's no playoff shooter. Dennis Schroeder's never been Did there. you not see the Thunder in the playoffs? Yeah, I saw I saw Chris Paul. Okay, but okay, <laughs> as much as you want to give credit to Chris Paul, who were his running mates? Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander. Shea Gildas. Fantastic. But so Luke, now you're Luke, telling Luke me. Luke, Luke, okay, Luke, all those guys. Andy. Now you're telling me that. If Chris Paul had, if you swap, let's do an even swap. If you put Rajon Rondo on that roster, I think it, he, because he can't shoot, it would have looked different for the Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, it, it would look different. And don't get me wrong, Shooter's a good player. What I'm saying is, Rajon Rondo was the perfect backup PG. He was, he was what the Lakers needed to get them over the hump for this last championship. And I, I'm not, I I'm not taking you, taking that away from you. I do not think Shooter would have been what the Lakers needed this past year. I don't think LeBron would have had his fourth ring had they had Schroeder instead of Rondo. I disagree. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Rajon Rondo. All I'm saying is Schroeder is a at this point in his career, Schroeder has more upside just by virtue of not having all the mileage that Rajon does. But I would never take anything away from Rajon. He's De- one of my definitely, favorite players. Definitely has more upside. I would agree with you on that. Okay. So now we're looking at, you know, long term more than just spot in for a year grab Better, better move for long term, short term, Rondo. We, you know what? I, 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 we're on the same page. All right, cool. moving, moving along. Sixers. Sixers, go. Sixers unload Al Horford's contract, but they pick up two shooters: Danny Green, Seth Curry, and they add uh, Big Dwight. Love it or hate it, Monica. Uh, I could have done without Dwight because I'm confused. Like, is Joel and B getting traded? But I do love the addition of Danny Green and, wow, the, the, the Curry brother, whose name I cannot call right now. Seth? Seth? Yes, yeah, Seth. Yep. Okay, yeah. I love the addition of shooters, shooters because shooters face the floor. And Danny Green defends, so there's that. I am just like, okay, cool. You're not going to win games. You're not going to get past the Celtics with it, Bruce. You're not going to get past the, the Raptors. The- the or heat. the Bucks. Or the so, Heat. You still have Ben Simmons as your point guard, a guy who's 6'9", that can't shoot a three, can't shoot a free throw. So you're probably not going to take it too far, honestly. But it's okay. That's cool. Like, it's – you got a little bit more shooting. Cool. It's fine. Uh, last but not least on our <laughs> list, Milwaukee adds two-way stud Drew Holiday and uh. highly underappreciated – defensive specialists all the nba players appreciate him the media doesn't seem to get it uh and they get rid of the inconsistent eric bledsoe definitely upgrading their backcourt they need to show Giannis that they're putting a crew around him do you think the bucks have done enough king love it or hate it um i i love the move but i don't think it's enough i i I love bledsoe middleton and Giannis, but i still think it's like almost one piece away from being the level that they need to be at. Um, yeah, I, but I do love the move, though. Monica. Holiday. You said Bledsoe. Holiday. Oh, Holiday. My bad. Yeah, Bledsoe. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's um, I agree with you, I, but I'm, I, I don't know that it's enough, and I'm not 100% sure Giannis is going to stay. Like, 
I just, I mean, I know we had Brian Winhorst on game night on ESPN Radio on Sunday night, and he said the Bucks wouldn't be making these moves if they weren't confident Giannis would say. But he also pointed out that teams like Miami and Dallas that will be suitors for Giannis have left themselves with enough room to go after him hard. So if I'm Giannis, I'm looking around like the common mm. denominator in these championship rings is another bona fide superstar. Mm. So there's a, three more trades. Okay. Dallas, I love Josh Richardson coming to Dallas. It's exactly what they need. A, a, a great defender. They got him from the uh, 76ers. Great defender. Somebody can shoot. I love that. Love that move. Bruce's C's picking up Jeff Teague. I love that. I think that is an amazing pickup. Like Brad Wanamaker to Jeff Teague, like that's 10 steps up. That's an amazing trade. And the last one, well, oh, the Atlanta Hawks. I like what, they, what they're doing. I like the direction they're going with uh, Galley and that's who the two was. Danilo Gallinari? Oh, oh Gallinari, Reddish, uh, drafting top 10 pick uh, from Maryland. I, I, I like the direction going and getting Rondo as their backup. I, I like that. I really do like that. I think that Rondo will definitely help uh, Trey Young become a better defender and a better overall basketball player. I like, uh, I definitely like Rondo as a leader, tutor to a young Trey Young for sure. Um, okay, well, we're going to uh, keep our eyes peeled on NBA free agency. It's ending soon, I think, though. And the season's supposed to start December 22nd. We're getting hoops back. That was dope. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which is still raging, by the way, it's getting worse. Many families will have smaller gatherings for Thanksgiving. Here at Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we are celebrating the holiday today with two special people. First off, my dad is finally, I finally do a show with my pops. You know, he's an African-American pioneer, an entrepreneur, does a lot of things in this world that's very positive. And, hey, I'm I'm honored to be in the same, you know, finally able to do a show with you, Pops. How you doing? I'm doing great, son. Thank, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> finally inviting me. <laughs> so on our end, King, actually prior to you joining the show, my pops used to pull up on us quite often, but I'm super excited to have him back. Kevin McNutt, who's written two books about youth basketball and has been a longtime referee on the high school circuit here in the Washington, D.C. area for Man, a couple of decades. He's a big Giannis Antetokounmpo guy, y'all. I'm not apologizing for that. That's a great guy to be a fan of. And like I said, he'd been a frequent guest on our show. Welcome, Dad, to our Thanksgiving podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Well, we're, we're pumped to have both of our dads here. So um, this conversation, obviously, we're going to talk basketball, but we have to address things 2020. And both of you guys have more wisdom than us. This is the reason that you're our dads. It's been quite a year when it comes to Black Lives Matter, social activism, the election, the pandemic, the NBA pulling off the bubble, as well as the WNBA. Um, in spite of all the negatives, let's start from a place of gratitude. What are you thank thankful for? And I'll start with you, Mr. McClure. Well, thank you for asking me that question, Monica. I agree with you that Black lives do matter. However, black minds matter too. I think we need to put more emphasis on that. How can we take advantage of helping our children learn to read, then read to learn? Oftentimes, our kids are falling through the cracks and this is the time I believe we need to focus on making certain our historical black colleges and university are sound, so they can help teach our kids. All right, Dad, your turn. In the midst of all that is happening in 2020, what are you thankful for this year? I tell you what, I, I, I'm digging Brother Leroy's perspective. That's that's real good. It, it's just, um, but I'm, I tell you, I'm thankful just to be the age that I am. Oh, <laughs> a black man doing six six decades is a good thing, baby. That's an accomplishment, you know. Because everything out there. <laughs> we need to leave in, you know what I mean? Sickness, the virus, uh, 
diabetes, overweight, uh, everything. So it's just, I'm just glad to be six decades old and, and change. Um, I'm thankful for family. I'm thankful for Monica and the progress she's making. Uh, life's good. It's a tough time, but we're going to press through and we're going to make this thing. Mm. So look, y'all have been around way longer than we have been. Okay, You've seen almost everything from the Black Panthers yes. to everything. Martin Luther King, right? So then 2020 hits. What makes this year different than anything you've ever seen before? I'll start with you, Mr. McNett, then I'll go to my pops. <laughs> well, I was clearly the bias. Um, there's so many similarities. And I'm glad you said that about the Black Panthers. The 60s, man. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Brother Leroy is second this. The 60s, there's so many parallels um, with uh, the activism. The different, one of the more different with the social movement now was that in the 60s, the cities burned and white folks were afraid. They were fearful of us. And, and it wasn't, um, it was like, uh oh, what are we gonna do? The, the natives are restless and <laughs> it made for a big, uncomfortable situation. Now, this one's different because they can see the things that are happening with the shootings and, 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 and the repeat, repeat shootings and all on camera. And then they all came together. I've never seen so many uh, uh, different ethnic people out there in the street, the young people. So this, that's a major change from the 60s. Hmm. Pops, what do you see that's different? Son, unfortunately, I'm not old enough to be able to tell. I can only tell you what I see now. Uh, I'm mm. just, I just turned 60. So uh, during that time, I was five or six years old. So I don't, I, I haven't seen discrimination, blatant discrimination. I'm sure it's around, but I haven't seen it. So this is all new to me. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, you guys both are accomplished men as, as husbands and fathers. Uh, but Mr. McClure, your achievements in the area of education are beyond impressive. And it makes sense that you led into our conversation with your passion about that. Some of the people who have suffered the most on this pandemic are kids, virtual learning, distance learning, whatever you want to call it. Um, they've not been able to attend school. How can they compensate for the time missed in the classroom and move forward in their education? I don't know if they're going to be able to compensate because this is all new for everybody. And I think we're going to have to just do the best that we can. And the longer we do it, we'll become more innovative and more effective. But right now it's critical for our kids to zoom in. If we can get them all zoomed in, we can educate them. But if we don't get them zoomed in, no one's going to learn. So right now is getting them on board and then learning what we need to learn, what we do right and what we do wrong. Because a lot of our people are kinesthetic learners. Mm -hmm. They don't learn the regular way. It's going to be challenging for us, but we will overcome it. Mm. Mr. McNutt, just like my pops, yeah. been very very passionate about education as well. Mm -hmm. um, in your books, you talk a lot about the AAU circuit of basketball. Mm -hmm. What will the AAU circuit look like coming up and moving forward? And do you think it could ever get back to the way that it used to be? It's going to have to get back to the way it used to be. The question is when. Um, hey, that breaks my heart to see what um, – a lot of parents are doing with trying to get their kids in school. As you, you know, that's only only the venue they have is is through athletics. They don't have the funds to do that. Um, and I, I can't imagine. And I played ball um, in high school and then in college. I can't imagine if I didn't have youth sports in the um, in a, in a, my senior year and so forth. So I really hurt for the young people. I guess the word that you use because Trump didn't have it, empathy. I really empathize with the young people uh, not being able to to have a senior season or junior season at the college level and especially at the high school level uh, in, a in AAU. AAU has to come back. It will come back. Um, they they're, they're trying to do some things now, which I disagree with because I just thought that the safety factor is, is, is uh, first and foremost. But it will come back. 
uh, uh, U Sports is a billion dollar industry. It's got a lot of positives. You know, in a, in a lot of our communities, rec centers and boys clubs have, have gone away to some level. They never were where they were uh, in the past. So the AAU circuit has filled that void. Uh, there's a lot of criticism in it, um, but that's with the five stars. I don't know what you were, King, when you were coming up, uh, four or five stars, something like that. I mean, you were, you were the bailiff, but that's where you, you get into a lot of the shenanigans and the money getting funny and so forth. But at the youth, most, most guys that play AAU, there's zero, zero stars, one star, two stars. So they're not wrapped up in all the, all the shenanigans. So, and there's a lot of opportunities that come through youth sports. So I, you know, I referee it, I'm a, I'm a part of it. It has to come back, it will come back. I'm gonna go a little bit off script, Mr. McClure, because I did not know of the, what you and your family have sort of built in the Dallas area until Coach Scott Drew mentioned um, the facilities and the gyms and so on and so forth, because King never told me and I, I'm offended. So please share what your passion, how your passion and purpose have combined to create resources for youth athletes. Well, um, I discovered when I was 28 years old that my brother was dyslexic and my brother is 13 months behind me. He discovered and he came to me and said, Leroy, you need to do something. So immediately I, be, I left becoming a software engineer to become uh, focused on education. And I became a certified academic language therapist. And I became the first African-American language therapist in the country. This was uh, almost 30 years ago. And I saw that I needed to teach our people how to read. Some of the smartest people around, but they don't learn the normal way. They may have auditory processing deficiency. They may be ADD or ADHD, but they just didn't get it. My brother was one of those people that didn't get it, but he was just as smart as any of us. He can draw pictures of us, but he couldn't read. And so the Lord made it very clear. It was time for me to do something about it. And so I started doing something. I opened up some charter schools in the Dallas area in 1999. And uh, I started some uh, basketball teams. When King got to be four or five, I started coaching him, but I knew one day I would not be able to coach him because I wanted to be the best father, not the best coach for him. And so around the sixth or seventh grade, I gave him up and let him be coached by someone else. And then I was his father. And that was the biggest difference in his life and my life. And, um, but I started growing in school and eventually I went to high school and I brought King and all of his friends to my school after I trained them for five or six years. Mm -hmm. And we won a state basketball title. Then they started changing the laws in the state of Texas. After we were the first charter school to ever win the state title, it created a lot of issues. And then I started seeing what we've talked about earlier. I started seeing it, uh, it done blatantly and subtly because 15 black boys won a championship by an average of 25 points. And Ooh. they did it with class. They did it with class. I mean, I was so proud of them. We, we, we were there at University of Texas, Austin, 9,000 people were there and they were booing us when we were receiving our championship trophy in 2013. And our boys took it with class. Wow. And, and, and uh, but you know, at the end of the day, we just see that there's a, a big connection with basketball, athletics, um, academics, and, uh, and, we, and we believe in Christianity too. Uh, when all three of them were going, you know, we're unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love that. Love that. that. That's super cool. That, that's excellent. King, do you remember that? Do you remember those championships? Uh, I, yeah, I actually do. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually do. Crazy, crazy thing is I, I was actually hurt when we won the state championship. I got hurt, um, I think, the, the game before state. I, I did something. I think I uh, dislocated my patella or something. But I was hurt, so I didn't even play in the – no, wait. Yeah, I didn't even play. I didn't play in the state championship game or the, the game before. We still were able to win somehow. Um, what year was this for you? What year was this? What this was, was my – 2013. 
So that was that was my sophomore year. My sophomore year, yeah. Sophomore year, because yeah, then junior and senior we we lost to Admar Gilder the game before state. Yeah. Well, we 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 moved up from one A from two A. We skipped three A and went up to four A. Because a lot of pressure, all of that. Yeah. Texas goes to 6A, so they right. moved us up from 1A. We had 100 kids in the school. They moved us up to 4A. With like, oh like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> what in the world? That's the way, that's the way politics work yeah. for them. For them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so this brings me to – go, Dad. You're bringing kind of saying politics, so I would, I would use a little bit stronger word, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go, Mr. McNutt. <laughs> um, I, I actually would love to get both of your perspectives. And, Mr. McClure, I hear you saying you purposely did not coach King. My dad coached me all the way through. Um, well, actually, no, Dad. Through well, middle school and then on the AAU side, and then I had a separate high school coach and so on and so forth. I actually saw today there is – a group of college coaches, college athletes, parents, something I saw on Instagram that is starting. So I'm yeah. curious what advice you guys would give both student athletes and their parents in terms of navigating some of the pitfalls that come with getting your kid to a collegiate opportunity, D1 or otherwise, because to your point, Mr. McClure, the primary focus was a free education. Let's just be honest about the McNutt household, at least. That sounds like the same for you, King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Monica, uh, like your dad, I would tell them to go to one of my books, uh, The Shot Doctor, Nothing But Net. I talk a whole lot about uh, being a parent and being a, a coach. And just because you get a hat and put the coach on doesn't mean you're a coach. Mm. I'm an educator. Uh, I can motivate anybody, you know? Um, and, and I can do it in a positive way without bringing you down. Mm -hmm. And I see too many kids' self-esteem is destroyed because they didn't reach the expectations of somebody else. And so I would encourage them, you know, there come a time when you can't coach your son if they're like you and King is like me. And, and, I, and I see that and I say, you know, it's more important for me to be a father where we get along great than to be an outstanding coach and I have an issue with my son. And so now basketball is over with and we love each other to death. So uh, that wouldn't have happened if, if I had been his coach because we both expect perfection all the time. Mm. Good point. What about you, Dad? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's some powerful words there, Brother, brother Leroy, because um, you know, the parent has to set the motivations. Are they living vicariously through their child? That's not a good thing. Yes, and then the other thing um, is that you have to understand when you're working with that child and, and I, um, uh, that you're the same voice that's telling them to eat their vegetables, go to bed, take out the trash, or whatever it is. And there can be some conflict there when you want to talk to them as coach. Uh, yeah. So you have to make, make, make that distinction. Uh, and then the other thing, you have to be open. Uh, and I'm talking about being a parent here. Uh, and coach your child. You have to be open to uh, other people uh, being able to do things that you can't give them. And I'll give you an example here. With Monica, because I'm a referee, I, I knew how to teach Monica techniques. And because I played the game, uh, I'm going to teach Monica technique. How to, she went with me when I referee a game, and, and she saw how people would yell at me and call, you know, call me as a referee, call them names and so forth and so on. And I just told her, she said, well, don't that bother you? No, I got a job to do. You block that stuff out. People have agendas. So I told her almost everything she needs, fundamentals of the game, shot, philosophy, how to uh, be cool in, in, in an environment. But I could not give her um, a, the toughness of playing in an environment. Um, so I was able to find an AAU coach. And this man who coached in the, in the inner cities of Washington, D.C., uh, we, we, we struck a bond, and uh, I, I trust him to be Monica's AAU coach. I was assistant coach, and he gave her uh, a, a toughness um, to uh, – she could, Monica would compete, but she gave her a, a toughness to play physical because I understood that she was going to be a good player, so as a good player, you're a target. Mm -hmm. And so that she, you know, this, this allowed her to persevere with that. 
I'll give you a real quick example. We had a drill. Monica's going to get on me afterwards when I say this. We had a drill where uh -oh. <laughs> it's a rebounding drill, King. Watch this. And I know you went through it because I, I, I listened to you talk. Uh, um, where you had two shooters on a wing, and where you had two players on a wing and one at the top of the key. And you had a defender. And the defender, I would shoot the ball, miss on purpose, which was hard for me to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the defense players had to get three rebounds in a row. So Monica, at that time, we were at a small school, church school, uh, Brother Leroy. So she wasn't used to that physicality. So her teammates would get to two. Then on three, Monica's player would beat her. And so they had to go all the way back to zero. So the AAU coach would, you know, this is Monica, this is 13. But Monica started tearing up. And uh, they, they, the coach looked at me, and I said, keep going. <laughs> and, and sure enough, so Monica, uh, you know, she, she got it done. She fought through. And by the time she went to high school and became a senior, she was like Maurice Lucas, an enforcer. <laughs> you know what <laughs> Not that she wasn't looking for fights or anything, but you know, the physicality didn't bother her. I and see. That's what, and that's what I'm talking about. You have to be, you know, so anyway. But yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, hey, so, and the last thing I got to add, you said something about tearing the kids down. I never, when I coached, um, I never called a kid out, out of their name. You know what I mean? I yeah. never called them anything out, out of their name. I might say, hey, you guys are playing, you know, like suckers or something like that. But I never talk, uh, uh, called a kid out of his name. I just refuse to do that. Or, 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 or uh, uh, use profanity at a kid. Now, I might have lost it a good time or two in the group, but <laughs> never as, as, as to an individual. I was not about tearing down my, my young, mostly, mostly black kids. Yes, amen, yes. Hey, Monica, if it makes you feel any better, I had a similar experience. So. <laughs> but look, I was a freshman in college. So, oh, in <laughs> the practice, but except Coach, Coach Drew thought it would be funny to, you know, put all the, the bigs. I had to do with all the bigs, like Rico Gathers, who went to the NFL. Rico Gathers, yeah, sure. Uh, Ishmael Wainwright, who switched to football and then switched back to basketball. These are big dudes. Yes. You have to get. Exact same thing. I had to get three perfect rebounds. Look, I was I was ready to quit that day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but but Mr. McNutt, yes, your referee, your referee. And yes, sir. last night we saw history in the mm -hmm. first all black officiated crew. Mm -hmm. How big of a moment was that for you with you being a referee? Man, that was large to see an all-black crew, seven, seven, seven brothers out there. Monday night football is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fumbling for words right here because that was just a huge, huge, a momentous occasion. I remember in uh, here there was the one of the first black referees to do the Final Four was uh, a guy in Washington, D.C. who trained me, a guy named Jimmy Howe. And he did the, the Final Four when Bill Walton scored 40 points, 44 points on 21 and 22 shooting against Memphis State. I remember and that. that. Was, okay, 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 Leroy. I think it was 72, 73, I can't remember the year. So to see, you know, uh, but it was basketball. But football's a different level. So to see that last night, I was just so proud. And, and, and the only thing I said, don't do anything to mess it up. Let's not have any controversies with the referee. Let's get out of this game. You know? <laughs> Safe and quiet. Because you know, a good referee is one that you don't realize that, you know, that, he, that he was there during the course of the game. And it, yeah. it went smooth. So it was just a proud moment. And I, and I text people all during the night. You know, you know this, is, this, is, this, is, this is history. You know? So, yeah, a proud moment. Thanks for asking that, King. Voice of course. Monica. All right, we've been asking our pops a lot of questions. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I have a question for you, Monica. What is your favorite, you know, what is your most memorable moment with your dad while playing basketball? Um, I think I have two. One time I was with him for a high school game. I think we were at Oxen Hill, Dad. I don't remember. Um, and uh, I can't think of the one of the referees that was on the team. I think it was you, Kenny. And um, Melanie's dad, he started a school now. Who am I thinking? I can't think of what I'm thinking of. But it was the end of a really tightly contested game. And somebody, it wasn't you, made a call that the fans were irate about. And we were in the locker room and they were like banging on the office door in the gym. Do you remember this? Yeah. 
Yeah. And we had to be escorted out of the game, like, with, with the police, <laughs> with, like, security. And I was like, damn, what is going on? Wow. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember that vividly. I, I wasn't, like, scared, but I was very alert and aware of how intense the fans were for this high school game. And then I think my other memory, and these are funny now that I'm thinking about it, Dad, it's not from actual games, really. It's all the work we did leading up to try to get to college. Um, we used to go to the gym on Saturday mornings at Marlow Heights Rec Center. You drag me out of bed. Well, you might have to tell me to wake up twice, and then I would get to it. But I, if, I remember if guys would come in the gym and want to play afterward, you would always say, nah, she's not playing with a men's ball. She's playing with this girl's ball. So if y'all want to play, you have to play with a girl's ball because she has a future. And it didn't dawn on me that, like, how big of a deal that was until we started talking about the barriers that women are trying to break. And so, I mean, you're my dad. You're supposed to always have my back. But the way that, like, everybody else had to adjust because you were so focused on my future, I just remember that. And I find it super um, loving and grateful, and I'm actually getting emotional. Aww. <laughs> hey, Leroy, I want to ask you this, because I, I'm listening you to you. You make my things. whole emotional moment. You didn't even know. <laughs> I want to see you crying. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> Leroy's tearing up up here. But Lee, uh, talking about Saturday morning, you're talking about uh, uh, mentoring your, your son and, and, and parents mentoring your, your kids as a coach. Here's what happened. Monica, Saturday morning, because you know in, in, in town and you're in Dallas, same with here, gym space is tight. You know, trying to get up, especially to have it by yourself. So I would tell Monica, look, we got to get up at, at 7 in the morning. And we did this in high school and even at Georgetown in the summers. So we got to get up early in the morning. But Monica, being a youth, would stay up late on the phone or, you know, and so forth. But I get up. I said, Monica, let's go to the gym. And she got an attitude, jaws tight. So, but she, she would get up, go to the gym. She's still, you know, jaws tight. And she got no, no rap, no one to talk. And I would say, we don't do this thing or not. And then she would get into it. We get an hour and a half practicing, you know, at good pace, and we just move on. And I said, oh, we go home and said, Monica, beat it. Today's yours. I mean, we we got to work in. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, you had right. that same type of experience with, with the king. Right, right. Well, we were we were very fortunate that I, I saw that he wanted to play basketball when he was two and three, <laughs> and uh, and my wife and I was ready to move. And so we moved and we, <laughs> the Lord blessed us where we built a house with a gym in it. And um, so King was in the gym uh. day, all the time without us saying a word, midnight, two o'clock in the morning. Um, no one was in the gym long, more hours than he was. Mm -hmm. um, hey King. <laughs> he, was, he was a self-starter, self-initiator. Uh, I didn't have to tell him. He'd have to ring me. Come on, Dad. I want you to work with me on this. Work with me on this. Help me with this. Uh, he was determined. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in the beginning, after he found out what he wanted to be when he grew up, um, I didn't have to say anything because I wanted him to be that, but I didn't want him to know I wanted him to be that because I didn't want him to be it for me. I wanted him to be whoever he wanted to be. And because uh, I love the game of basketball and I still do. I even challenged him the other day. Yes, yeah, yeah, son, you beat me. I'll tell the truth. You beat me that time, you know. But, um, but I still think I can beat him. Uh, uh, and I'm competitive, even at the age of 60. I, I know one thing that I can do better than him, Monica. Please tell us. He can tell you that. I don't even have to tell you. He can tell, tell them what I can do better than you by far. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. I uh, <laughs> do it every day, son. Oh, uh, workout, push-ups? Push-ups. Ah. Hey, you got that. I, th I thought you meant basketball-wise. No, like, no, no, I no, no. About that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, been, I've been doing – I was doing push-ups with King on my back. When King when – King, of course, he was a baby now. He was two and three. He was two and three. And, you know, and I do like 125 nonstop. And uh, nice. doing with him Ooh. on my back. And I would tell him, I said, son, if you ever want to stay cut, do 50 push-ups a day. And he wouldn't do them. And about, <laughs> about a couple of years ago, he came up to me and said, Dad, what do you say? How many push-ups I need to do? <laughs> Too late. So that was, that was 18, 20 years ago. You know, 
he 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 didn't like doing them. But see um, that during this COVID season, yeah. not going to the gym, walking, you know, five, six, eight miles, and doing push-ups and sit-ups the old-fashioned way. Yeah. You know, you, you learn to do whatever you need to do. Yeah, it's true. I know I'm adjusting because I missed the gym. But Mr. Leroy, I want to ask you this. King obviously had NBA aspirations, and as his dad, you got to see up close how much he poured into the game of basketball. The heart condition for him sort of defers that dream, but I'm super excited to have him as my co-host, and I think he has a brilliant future in the broadcast side of all of this. But for you as a parent, what was that like, and how did you keep him encouraged? Well, it's not about King, and it's not about me. At okay. the end of the day, it's about the Lord working through us. See, he has a bigger plan for us, and we think it's about basketball, but at the end of the day, it might not be basketball. And so I had to help him to understand that it was more to him than just basketball. And I, we trained him to be prepared for anything. And um, um, certain things happens to you and you have no idea. But you know that God is still in control yeah. regardless. And he can turn adversities into victories and problems into opportunities and teach us how to be winners even in losing situations. He's in control. And that's what I would tell him. I said, King God is in control. He has another plan for you. He says, just like the heaven is much higher than the earth, so are his ways much higher than our ways. And so are his mm -hmm. thoughts much higher than our thoughts. And so we're, we're so, so finite when it comes to the big picture. And if he understands that, to connect the dots together, God has a big plan for him. And for both of you, he has a plan for both of you. And you have to stay focused. Y'all have to know what it is you want, you know, because everybody's going to be coming at you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Amen. Yes, a word. Amen. That's real. Your dad is already start calling me brother. He makes me right. feel like I'm in church. He said, Brother Leo. <laughs> hey, thank you for church, bro. I'm going to drop some dollars in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but let, 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 let's flip that question around because there, there, there came a time when Monica uh, had to put the ball down too. So what did you do as a father to um, basically instill the same thing? You know what? Here's the deal. Uh, we had goals, um, you know, coming up through, through, through sports, and goals and all in, 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 in everything with uh, schooling, uh, so forth. But I'll stick, I'll stick on the sports, on the sports uh, realm with this. So her, her goals were to, um, to make all met here in Washington, D.C. area. She did. Her team um, won the city title. Then she wanted to go. Uh, she had a lot of a lot of schools she can go to uh, in a, in a college, and um, uh, she wanted to play in the Big East. So anyway, we we um, we went to Georgetown University, and Georgetown uh, John Thompson was there. Now I played at St. Anthony's back in the seventies, where John Thompson coached before he went to Georgetown. Yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I know you know brother Lee, right? And so that was a that was a done deal. But I didn't say it to Monica. That was a done deal. She was going to Georgetown. She just didn't know it. But as it turned out, um, uh, that was a good thing. So then, when um, I kind of said, "My dad, my I'm still a dad. I'll always be a dad." Yeah. But as a release to 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 goals after basketball, I'm like, "Okay, we got you there. You got a scholarship. You there? She had a good career at Georgetown." She decided that she wanted to get in this media thing, and I like. I said, okay. Man, if I had my choice, you came to me, I might have said, well, get into coaching and you know, you, you, you know the game well, but I, I backed off. And that's an important thing too. Sometimes you just gotta, I was present with the basketball, let's get up to practice, get shots up. Then I also know when I gotta back off and just say, okay, Monica, that's where we wanna go. I, you got my support. I can't, I mean, I'm not gonna be hands on in this because I don't know about this media thing, but you got my support. So the biggest thing is that, uh, like brother, brother Leroy, like you're saying, you know, you know, I love you. You know, I got your back. I'm going to support you any way I can. I also would like to point out, King, that my dad's withdrawal when my career was over was probably worse than mine. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, I don't have anything to look forward to during the week. There's no more games. Like, I really used to get excited about that. I'm like, well, welcome to our new chapter. But to Monica's credit, Monica, you know, again, with King, the NBA, that's, there's a pot of gold there. 
with with the women, you had the WNBA, but you know, the, the money's way different. We, you know, mm-hmm. nine day difference. Monica said, "Hey, look, I'm finished. I don't want to go overseas. I'm, I, I want to start the next level of, of, of life, which is at that time and still is this, this broadcasting and and this media thing." So I give her credit, and I didn't say. And again, you know, a dad being raised on basketball, being a basketball player, you know what I mean? I go, "Oh, Monica, no, go try overseas. It's great." And I'm a military brat, so I, we traveled extensively when I was young with my dad. But hey. Do your thing. If you want to walk away after Georgetown ended, fine. You know, so again, that's that being a parent, but stepping out, you know, she's 18 now or, or 21 now. So make, make your own choices. I think on my back. I got your back. I think, I think sometimes you have to focus on the little things. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you have big pictures, big dreams for your children. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what really, really matters? Mm-hmm. And, and I can remember when King, when we were in Minnesota, when King was having heart surgery, when I'm thinking about, Lord, he's, he's, he's stronger and bolder than I am. I couldn't do this because he had a choice. He didn't have to do this. He just did this just to play the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. He could have just said, forget this. I'm, I'm good. Not even have to do it. But in order to play basketball, they wanted to have some, some assurance to put that, uh, that defibrillator in there. And, and when they did that, it took two or three days for him to get to where he can get up. And watching the way he moved around every day when he came to our home, it was just, Lord, if he can just be back to normal, I'm okay. Forget basketball, forget basketball. But in his mind, it was basketball. I mean, he would open up the door and, 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 and go into the gym and, and try to touch the net. It's like, King, uh-uh, son, you don't need to be in here. You need to be walking and sitting down and let us take care of you. And, but he was determined. And to watch the way he was determined and to come back ready by October the 1st, which was his birthday, it was like a miracle. It was like a miracle. Leroy, what age was this? Sir? What age was this, Leroy? King King was just out of high school. He was okay. 18, October the 1st. Um, uh, would have been, uh, he, he would turn 19 October the 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and this would have been 2015. Um, went all the way through school under us not knowing there was anything wrong with this guy. I mean, you know, when they told us he had a heart problem, it's like, not our son. You got him mixed up with somebody else. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Yes, he got a big heart. Yes, he loves everybody. Yes, it's big. But physically, they were saying his heart was abnormal. And it's still big. But, you know, it's one of those things where we felt like maybe it was just one of those things where they just didn't know how to measure. But after going through many doctors, his heart is bigger than normal. And, and, uh, and uh, but he's okay. He's okay. And he's taking it like a man. Yeah, it hurts sometimes. I have those days where I go into the gym and I remember being with him every day, rebounding for him and rebounding. After a while, mm-hmm. my shoulder is hurting. I'm throwing my shoulder out of place. And mm-hmm. I'm just throwing the ball to you. You get, the, you get it. I'm tired of throwing the pass to you. You know, I get tired. I would go in there. It's like, where is he? You know, and I had to realize I got to get on with my life. Mm-hmm. So I started working out myself like I used to do. And, and, and so it was an adjustment. It was, and then we went through the, went through the, the sickness, and then going through hospitals, and that kept us preoccupied and, um, and watching him come back, you know. But you know, when you're talking about thankful, you know, you're you're, you're right, Mr. McNutt. I mean, I'm just thankful that we all are alive right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Think about what's going on, y'all. This is yeah. this is real. Yeah, this is real. And you know, and I, and I tell King, I said, King, you had a heart disease. You have a heart disease. 
that's what they call the underlining underlining condition yeah. son you need to get somewhere and sit down <laughs> get somewhere and sit down you can't be moving around but but i know he's young and i'm sure he'll do probably what i would be doing too but still i gotta say what i have to say get somewhere and sit down <laughs> <laughs> my last question for you mr mcnutt i have a daughter she's two years old okay mm-hmm. How were you able to put the basketball in Monica's hand, but not overdo it, not like force it, but still, you know, get her to be an elite basketball player? By not doing it. And that's going to be hard because I, like you, I played high school and college, loved it, my favorite sport. Uh, but I also saw the underbelly of the game. You know what I mean? Losing teams, the friction. It's been, and, and getting in a referee, you see coaches and, and I mean, coaches berating their kids at six years old and, and, you, and youth basketball, like some of the things that uh, Brother Leroy, your father has been mentioned. Um, so my philosophy was I was not going to push her to sports. And also the biggest thing, and, and I think uh, Leroy mentioned it earlier, is that, you know, if, if it's my dream and not hers, it'll fizzle around 12 or 13, they're gonna wake up one day and say, hey, I don't wanna do this. This is your dream dad, not mine. So I personally did not do sports with Monica. Monica started getting taller and she was the tallest one in her class, second, third, fourth grade. And then she came to me and said, hey dad, I wanna play basketball. And, 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 and said, okay, sure, this is what you wanna do? And I was all in. Yeah. She had me 24 seven. Now the reason why she did it I, I, I sometimes tell people is that when she's looked at her father, I was doing one of three things. I was either at a game, refereeing game, or had a remote, con remote control in my hand watching the game. So I think it might be, she might have done it because she wanted some attention. <laughs> but regardless of the case, once she came, I knew it was in her heart and not mine. Yeah. And that was all in. So in answer to your question with your two-year-old, let her find her way. Let her find a way, and you keep doing what you're doing as in terms of working out and shooting shots and talking to her about it. But, um, and then, you know, she gets an itch to play that sport or other sports, soccer, volleyball, some other things that the ladies do. Give, give her your heart and, and, and you know, and, and time. Mr. Mr. McNutt. Yes, sir. One, one of the challenges that I have with, with King's sister, with Princess, Princess is, is one year behind King, and Princess is my princess. Okay? <laughs> Just like Monica is your princess too. And I wanted to make certain that Princess stayed my princess. Now, when I was coaching King, I saw a lot of girls basketball. Mm -hmm. I did not like what I was seeing. There were just a few things that concerned me to the point where I probably went overboard and made certain that Princess did not participate in sports as early as King did. Mm -hmm. I waited later until I felt like she could control these, these things that are going on. And um, when she did her last couple of years, she played volleyball and did very well. But if she had played in the fourth and fifth grade sports, I think she could have gotten her education paid for also. But if I err, I wanted to err on the fact that she was my princess and she is still my princess. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh, baby that's important for me. You know what I mean, right? Yes, sir. Our baby <laughs> girls, baby. <laughs> yeah. There is, I think, the, the most important thing and the thread here, whether it's Princess and you, Mr. Leroy, or myself and my dad, is the relationship, right? And yeah. I think that as a woman, um, dating a great guy, but having met guys that weren't all great, that relationship, Ayanna Manzat always says this. She's like, a, a girl's dad um, is the first person, first man that she loves and shows her how to be loved and how to yes. receive. Yes. So to me, whether it was, my dad could be my coach and we have a great relationship, or what, whether it was for you deciding not to put Princess in sports at a young age, the bottom line is the relationship and the heart that is there from both of you. And that's what I admire. And I'm sure Princess would echo that sentiment as well. Right, right, right. And she wasn't king. King wasn't her. And they're two different, they're two different animals. Two yep, different for sure. For sure. <laughs> okay, here's my last question because King asked me. So now I'm asking King, King, what makes your dad a role, your role model, a role model, the pillar of your family? What do you admire most about him? Uh, there's a lot of things um that I've taken from him. 
I think uh, when he talked about just me being in the hospital fighting um, at a young age, um, you know what? I'm gonna say my mom is like the, the real, like she's a super, she's a real, real fighter. But I think my dad more so is just uh, the value of hard work, um, learning how to work hard. Um, I think when he said we just alike, we're super, we're super, like super friendly, uh, just super uh, outgoing people. Uh, I think one thing I got from that's probably not not the best trait, but it's also a good trait, is uh, being a people pleaser. Not being able, it's hard for you to tell people no. Um, and that and that's one thing that my dad and I definitely work together uh, on trying to like overcome. He, he teaches me because he's gone through a lot of ups and downs. I learned from him. There's two ways you can learn in life, through your own experiences, through the experiences of others. Yeah, and sure. he tells me his experiences are when he didn't say no and the, the times in life, and I learned from it. And I think that that um, is something huge right there. But I think ultimately the value of hard work. I mean, the reason why I got up and I was in the gym at two in the morning, uh, midnight, all different times of the day is because of him, what I saw through my own eyes. And you see, you, you could talk about it, but then there's a difference when you like actually bout it. And my dad was actually about it. He was about that lifestyle of hard work and working for everything that you have and not letting people just give you things because you have to, work for everything that you have. And yeah. he taught me that and instilled that into me. And that is why I was in there and everything he was bragging on me about. There's a reason why I was doing it. Because it was programmed into me for so long. And seeing him uh, just be that example for me uh, is why I'm the man I am today. So most definitely. Love that. And although we both have our dads here on this pod, certainly shout out to moms because moms hold it down. It was a team effort. We love our moms, definitely. So. Um, okay, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for our Thanksgiving family episode on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Uh, what do you want to say, Dad? Look at you. Answer one thing. King, you're a handsome young man. Monica, you're beautiful. And Bruce, behind the scenes, I want to say something else. Y'all got a whole bunch of style, but for what y'all pay, I'm going to be back for a while. <laughs> 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 That's what I'll leave. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Right, Brother Leroy? <laughs> it's nice meeting you, Mr. McNutt. Nice seeing you, my brother. I've enjoyed this. Uh, I have enjoyed it. And uh, King, thanks for inviting me, finally. So Monica, if I'll come up with something new, you can always invite me. You can be sure with Leroy McClure. Oh, oh y'all both got wrong. This is fantastic. <laughs> this week on Who's Tripping, nobody's tripping because it's Thanksgiving, it's a holiday. What are we thankful for? Coach Drew, we're thankful for you being on our show. We're praying for you. I know you just got uh, diagnosed with COVID. We're praying for you, thinking about you, and not just Coach Drew, anybody else in college basketball, or honestly, anybody else across the world with COVID. We pray that you will heal from it and nothing will happen uh, for the people who have passed or anything serious has happened. Praying for your family, too. We have forgot about y'all. Be thankful, y'all. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Yo, it's time to wrap up. Thanks to Bruce Bernstein for producing and also the two great men, our fathers, for joining our virtual Thanksgiving celebration. Shout out to Bruce. That was a dope idea. Um, you're the GOAT for that one. Turned out really well. Go, Bruce. <laughs> our editor tom phillip is a superstar capital s-u-p-e-r-s-t-a-r thanks tom don't forget our other shows the mike wise show drops each monday and this week he has espn's tim legler with a great discussion on clay thompson that's another person we need to have in our prayers prayers up to clay thompson just tore his achilles man he's not gonna be able to play this year either really disappointed about that prayers up to him and his family and much more. The new Full Court with Jenny Fisher and Kara Kay. Kara Kay, new edition. Has Andy Katz talking college hoops. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron have a great discussion on the Charlotte Hornets with sportscaster Nick Carboni from the local NBC station in the Queen City. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast every Friday. And Monica rejoins me next Thursday with Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. Finally, folks, COVID-19 is still a vicious disease and taking lives around the country. So please, 
wash your hands, stay six feet apart from others when you're in public, definitely wear your mask. And I know it's the holidays and this is tough, but if you can avoid gathering with others, stay in your home. You wanna treat everyone like a friend or be extra considerate. And when it comes to COVID, just pretend people have it and then you will be extra precautious. We will never get out of this thing if we don't start taking extra precaution. Please be sure to pray for our medical professionals and our frontline workers, our teachers, our students learning in this virtual era. Um, so many people are putting their lives on the line for us. Please keep working for a more inclusive and just society that has equality and equity for all of us. Um, and when the vaccine is available, which we hope it will be soon, um, take it or be smart about your decisions if for whatever reasons you don't wanna take it. Just be healthy is the bottom line. Um, let's all look forward to healing in our country, uh, both literally and figuratively. We are all we got. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with your loved ones safely, safely, excuse me. Enjoy your turkey, your dressing, your cranberry sauce, sweet potato sauce, collard, string beans, like the whole, like I just got so excited. Mm, yum. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and have a side of hoops. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.